Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hi everyone, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Robert Morton, who along with Chris Lumpkin owns Panhandle Eurotech Automotive and Yellow City Car Care in Amarillo, Texas. We discuss setting goals and figuring out how to set goals, which then helps dictate our strategies and tactics within our businesses. The discussion gets a little dark. It gets very personal, but I hope you enjoy it. Before we begin, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. If you're checking us out on YouTube, make sure that you like the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. It would be greatly appreciated and will help spread the word. And with that, here we go. So let's start this. We're going to talk about goal setting. And you feel like you had something to say about goal setting. That's the point. I do. Okay. Yeah, so I like goals. And I like talking about <laughs> goals. <laughs> and the reason is, is because through a shop owner's life and career, from the day he decides to start a shop and the day, you know, he dies, uh, their goals change a lot over the years. You know, nobody opens a shop with especially a mechanic doesn't open a shop with the right mindset to be a business owner. So his goals are not the same as they would be five years down the road. Once he's starting to get a grasp on things, uh, learn how the industry works, uh, learn about profit and loss and all that stuff. Because anyone who, you know, went to tech school, uh, became a mechanic, got pissed off at their dealership and started their own shop. I've never met one that had the mindset of a true entrepreneur business owner um, when it comes to running a business Yeah, from day one. I really agree with that. Right. And, and, you know, I started more from the technical side and came into the business owner side. And as I began to become more of an owner and looked at more of the entrepreneurial side, started to grow here a little bit. I began to realize some of those dreams and those goals and aspirations that I had, they weren't realistic. 
right? And I think unrealistic dreams and goals are dangerous. We should stay right. away from those. And and I so I you know one of the things that I've always wanted to do is pay my people really well. That's a goal. That's a dream of a destination of vision that we have here in the shop. And we've not changed that, but what that is up here is a little bit different, right? When I first started, I said, hey, I want to make sure these guys, we, we eventually want to get them over $100,000 a year, right? That was one of my goals, but there was nothing tying it to it. There was no time that it was set. It wasn't a very smart goal, if you will. Right. So I didn't think about the fact like, okay, I have to be this productive and I have to generate this kind of income to accomplish that. Why why a hundred thousand though? I it was an arbitrary number when I said it. Well, anybody you know, wants to make a hundred thousand dollars, especially a sixteen year old high school kid in economics class, you know, it's you know, you know what your parents make, you know what your teachers make, you got a roundabout idea. Um the hundred thousand dollars any is, idea how much my parents made growing up. I, I had no idea. I I didn't have a concept as to how much a, a lot of money or a little money is. I just I needed to pay the bills. Let's That's be completely right. up. That, you still don't. <laughs> well, I knew my parents right. didn't make much money because of the amount of arguments they had over money. Yeah, yeah, and that's how you so, knew there wasn't enough. So, and and then you know I you know I'm I was a smart kid. I figured out what things cost, and then I just figured, man, a hundred thousand a year, I'd have fifty thousand left. You know, everybody wants to make a hundred thousand dollars when they're sixteen. I've had as we get older, adults. that may not be enough. Well, I've had grown adults come in and, you know, you're having a conversation about pay and salaries. And I've had people tell me that they couldn't conceive of making $50,000 a year. If that was an un- unattainable goal, oh, I'll never make $50,000. You got to go to college to make $50,000 a year. You're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> $50,000 is not a I've had two people tell me 50000 you have to go to college to make at least $50,000 a year. I, th- I think these numbers just, like Lucas was saying, they're arbitrary. They sound good, like a million dollars a year. And, and this that's really why I wanted to, to have this conversation because we had a um, – I remember specifically, Lucas, you had me talk to somebody at ASTE last time we went. And I'm having a conversation with the this, this shop owner, and I, I started asking him about what he would like to achieve with his – shop and he said well i want to make a million dollars i said well why a million he didn't have an answer he's like i I don't know it sounds good why not seven hundred and fifty thousand? why not 800 not why not 1.2 or 1.5 why not two yeah why not two well why set that goal and i said who cares what the number is what are you trying to do with that money and so as we started moving down the path to actually reaching what he was trying to strive for his actual goal was he wanted to have a shop that he could walk away from still make him money, but he could go fishing with his kids. He had young kids and he wanted to go fishing with them. That's what he wanted to do. I said, okay, well then now let's work our way backwards. That's the goal. What do we need to do to get there? What's the staffing look like? How many cars are you going to need in order to meet payroll, meet your overhead and pay yourself enough that you don't have to be at the shop, but you're still drawing a paycheck that will meet your lifestyle, your desired lifestyle that you can just go fishing whenever you want with your kids. Let's work our way backwards. And then that's going to get us to the number we need to hit. It doesn't need to be, oh, I need to make a million dollars, cross over that million-dollar mark, and then what? And then what? 
Right. How, and then, how many million-dollar shops do we know that still aren't profitable? Right? It, it doesn't. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. I mean that you're profitable to make a million dollars. How many million-dollar shops do we know that a million they get to a million dollars and they're like, uh, okay, now what? And, and they realize, oh, I a million dollars isn't that much for my shop, for my setup, for my staffing level, I really should be at 1.5 or 1.6. We have a, we have a mutual friend that was looking to move shops. He was looking to buy a shop close to his house for something like $900,000. And he was looking at the, the numbers that that shop was producing. It had a ton of potential. The car was, the, the shop was pumping a ton of cars through the shop at a really low average repair order. And he knew that if he came in, installed some systems, actually inspected vehicles, just that, if he just inspected the vehicles and presented the work, he could double or triple the ARO. Cut his car count down, get rid of the riffraffs, and actually start making a ton of money out of the shop because the place was packed all the time. And then we're having the conversation, and it, though, and then what came up? What's the end goal here? Because from the conversation, it sounded like he was just – he wasn't happy at his current job and wanted to go move to another job because that's how he saw it. He saw it as a job. He may not admit that to himself, but that's the, when he talked, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like I'm just moving from this job to that job because there's no end goal. Like what's the purpose of even owning the shop at that point? You can go make $150,000, $200,000, $250,000 doing something else. Why a shop? Why a shop there? what's what's the purpose why are you trying to do this right and and once you figure all of that out you know what is my end goal um you know for me my end goal isn't really a, an income level or a money level it's more of a comfort uh in living level you know just like uh that guy you know i want to be able to come in twice a month sign paychecks you know and that's my goal for my business if i got to take a pay cut you know i can definitely live below my means now you know, I'd be willing to do that to a certain extent. But, you know, like that guy who could uh, double his average RO overnight, 
did he have the mindset and the mentality to make that decision and do it? You know, and, and, and to reach those goals and to get to a point where you want to have your team on their own, you've got to have your own mindset and mentality correct to be able to let your people make mistakes, um, handle them, and, and trust them. It's a completely different path. It's not just hitting some numbers. Now, now you have a, a pathway you need to walk down because you have something that you're trying to achieve. I, I think you're absolutely right. That mindset shifts the way you look at things on a daily basis because it's not like, hey, I just need to meet payroll and you're frantically running around or no cars are coming in the bay and you're freaking out and you're like, I just need to get some cars in. I just need to get some cars in. If you've got that end goal in mind, now you just start making steps towards that. What do you think? Right. I, well, you know, that's what I was going to say is, is you hear me talk a lot about destination, right? So when all of this kind of started for me and we started making my shop better, when I hired a shop coach, he didn't come in and say, change this number and change that number and let's work on this. The first thing he wanted to talk about was, what's your destination? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Where are we going? No, that's your job. You have to determine, do you want a house? Do you want a new car? You want a new shop? What's the yeah. destination? Where are we trying to go? What's five years from now look like? What's 10 years from now look like? And I would throw some things out and he'd be like, no, 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 no. You, you're not catching what I'm saying. This needs to be big. You need to think big. You need to have a bigger mindset for this because that really determines where you're going. It isn't some random arbitrary number. It wasn't like, oh, I want to hit a million dollars. It's like, okay, that's great. Exactly. Because that's not a goal, right? And, And so as we grew into this, so I start telling him, hey, I want a shop. And he's like, okay, I want you to know what it feels like to put the key in the door. I want you to be able to envision it in your mind. I want you to know what the sounds in the shop sound like. I want you to to envision what the front counter looks like. I want you to have this complete idea of what you're walking into, right? And and guess what, everybody? We're filing permits to build exactly that right now, right? And, and we would never have gotten there if we hadn't slowed down to create a vision and a destination that included that in it, right? We would have just right. been happy accepting whatever we wanted, whatever came down the road. We would have bought whatever we, we found just because it was what was there, Right? No, we we had an exact idea of what we wanted, what we were trying to accomplish. And I think that's what's so important about setting goals and and coming up with a destination because there's a couple different pieces to this puzzle. It's not just a, a value. It's not just a goal of this many dollars, right? We've got to have a destination. We've got to have a five year, a 10 year, a 15 year, a 20 year plan. Right. A few, a few years back, I went to um, IAPA, and IAPA is an attractions conference, much like Vision is to the automotive industry. And there I was noticing that these great big organizations like Disney, um, Universal Studios, all these huge attractions, all these huge water parks, they had 5, 10, 15, 20-year plans. And sometimes the park didn't even look anything like the part they have right now, right? We've become so attached to what we have now that we're not willing to dream and think big and think about what's coming down the road, but they had it planned out step by step by step of how they were right. going to get there. And, and, and they've got that mentality to handle it and get it done. Right. Right. You know, that's one thing, you know, like early on, you know, I did that. I planned out where do I want to be in five years, where do I want to be in 10 years. And, and as a new shop owner, my, my mind was wrapped around money. You know, how much money do I need to take home each year? Yeah. You know, 
So we're going to work at the shop longer hours. We're going to get more cars in. I'm going to get in there and get my hands dirty and I'm going to make more money. But I haven't increased the quality of my life at all. In fact, I made it worse. And so, uh, like you said, with a business coach, that's something they do a lot too, is, is get your head around being okay with letting your people do their job. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing is that they get you away from that hero or daddy syndrome, right? Because as shop owners, we get into this, this situation where we are really caught up in solving every problem in the shop. And that does two things is it means that everybody turns to us when something goes wrong, when something happens, they come to us. They don't go and and try and figure it out on their own. So they become less efficient, less productive. But secondly, it creates a culture where they don't feel like it's okay to try and grow on their own and do their own thing. Right. Right. When we have goals and visions for the shop and, and this destination, you don't know how powerful your people having the ability to make a decision truly is right. When you empower them to make some decisions and do what's best for your business from their perspective, you'll find that maybe your goal or your destination wasn't big enough for the amazing team that you had. But see, as shop owners, we get caught up in our own mind and we say, gosh, you know, such and such did this wrong and such and such did that wrong. I got to point out something, you know, I, I get frustrated with our service writer from time to time, but I failed to put myself in his shoes, right? When I first started training him, my shop coach came to me and he said something that, that was like, whoops, I made a mistake, didn't I? He said, you know, he said, I've seen you make the same mistakes. You're furious because this guy has made these simple little stupid mistakes, but I saw you make the same mistakes. You were willing to forgive yourself, but you're not willing to forgive him. Boys, you want to talk about a wake up call, right? Uh Uh-oh, that was stupid, wasn't it? Yeah. Because we we kill that culture. And, And I tell my guys all the time, this is your shop. And I genuinely believe that this is their shop. Those are their customers. Our number one goal beyond anything else, our our focus every single day, do what's best for the customer. That's all I ask you to do. Do what's best for your customer. Yeah, That's absolutely. goal every single day. You end up with two, typically two types of shop owners. You'll have the control freak, and I'll, I'll admit I'm very much like this. However they do it is not exactly the way you would do it. And those small nuances, the small differences drive you up a wall. They drive me bananas. Uh, and, and it irks me. You have to fight that instinct. You have to fight that, that desire. Yeah, you got to you gotta fight wanting to jump in there. And yeah, jump in there and fix it or get behind them and clean it up. And you're like, oh, just it's not exactly the way you would do it. And so you got to you gotta let it go. And you want to sit behind have... them and grab their hands like on the movie Ghost. <laughs> And then you have the shop owners that enjoy having everybody come to them. And it feeds their ego. Whether they admit it or not, they enjoy it. Uh, they like the ego trip. And they get high off of it. They, yeah, they get high off of it. And so they never allow anybody to do absolutely anything without them because they they enjoy that aspect of it. And they, they can never flourish or grow. And their people are always stuck under whatever uh, as far as control goes. Now, go ahead. So let's talk about that shop owner what what are his goals do you think do you think he wants the shop to be able to run itself and they may say it right 
but is they may say that right to get that done and is it good for the industry what he's doing no absolutely not but uh we've got a shop here in town uh they're older husband and wife she writes service he does the work and their son works with them and their mentality is we don't think it should cost that much because it's not that hard for us and we're christian and we don't want to take advantage of people and they don't make any money but they're incredibly happy that's their goal they're they got they go to the mountains on the weekends they go to work and if you talk to them and meet them they just are grinning from ear to ear all the time but they're happy with what they're doing but and, and money it may not, not be always, good for the industry right money is not always the answer to happiness right right but but here here's where i think we get astray right we we try and do the right thing and so I was there for a long time, and luckily I've got some good mentors and some good friends who brought me back in line. And I would say, but I want to do what's right for my customer. I want to take care of people. I said, okay, you want to take care of people, and you want to do what's right for your customer. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, you realize if you don't charge appropriately, you can't take care of them if something fails with the repair. Well, I'm good. I know nothing's going to fail. Well, you can't always control the parts. There's things that can happen, right? If you knew the number of times that things were out of my control, I paid to tow a vehicle in. I took care of the need. I, I fixed the concern because that customer was in a tight spot. But I was able to do that because the business was profitable. Right. right? And requires- I, I tell my people that we're we're morally obligated to charge enough to guarantee that we're here to take care of their f- future needs and their warranty issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. The issue isn't necessarily that that's fine. They've got really low overhead and they keep things very simple and they're, they appear to be very happy. But the problem is if they haven't done what they're supposed to do as far as setting goals, if they don't have an end game in mind, what if the husband gets sick or he unexpectedly passes away? What does the business look like at that point? Is the son capable of, of picking up and taking over? What does the succession plan look like? Do they have a succession plan? What does a retirement look like? They're doing a disservice to their children if they have no means to take care of themselves when they're incapable of working any longer. They've just gotten uh, too old, and they can't do the daily grind like they had been doing. Right, And because they haven't been charging enough the whole time, they're thinking they're, they're doing well for their customer. Uh, which they may only see one time or twice and never see again because they move away. Oh, but we only charge them 70% of what Robert would have charged them. Uh, therefore, let's pat ourselves on the back. Meanwhile, I have no retirement. I have no means to take care of myself if I get sick or pass, somebody passes away, somebody critical to the business passes away. They've, they've crippled the rest of the family, and they never set any goals. They just came in, turned the lights on, and let's just do the best we can. They didn't see anything past just today, and because of that, they did themselves and their family a huge disservice. And, and right, here's and the thing: you're obligated to more people than just the people in your customers. You know, you're obligated to your crew. I mean, you owe it them to them to be profitable and charge what you need to charge, so that they have stability in their lives. And all all of that helps build the industry up. It does, but see, here's the thing: is that that shop's not able to properly pay for for the insurance they genuinely need, 
right? They're not able to, to cover things like health insurance. They're not properly covered with workman's comp, most likely. They're- hey, everyone, it's Lucas. I'm sorry to jump in, but I thought it was important to come and say this. You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. Doesn't cost you a dime not properly covered in the event of a loss or a fire or right because the reality is is we all know it takes profit to operate one of these businesses right and and chances are they may be taking that money and put it in their pocket but you know something you'll hear me say from time to time is is you know when we look at social media it's a highlight reel right we're only seeing the best side of them and and oftentimes when you see somebody in town they say man things are great I'd much rather him say that than be negative, but we have to remember oftentimes that's a highlight reel. So yeah, they have exactly. to set those goals. Right. If, I mean, even if they are putting the money aside and it, because they made a little bit of profit and they can put the money aside and they said, well, we're going camping this weekend. They didn't come in into their business with an end goal in mind. They didn't set any goals. They they had that, like Robert's been saying, that mindset I'm just going to take care of the day. I'm just going to handle it, get to the weekend, and go camping. That's what we're going to do. As a business owner, you can't do that. You've got a massive amount of responsibility on your shoulders. Like Robert just said, it's not just about you, or maybe it's not necessarily just about taking care of this one customer and providing a cheaper repair. You have a responsibility to yourself, to your family, to the employees, to their families, and like he has he's mentioned, to make sure that he's profitable enough to be around to take care of the warranty if need be, that all requires that he comes in with an end goal in mind. I've got to make sure that I know what I need to get done. I need to set a goal in the first place to make sure that I'm profitable enough in order to achieve that goal. So that's going to change the way I approach my pricing. It's going to be. It's going to change the way I approach the way I present the work. It's going to change a lot within the business. It's not just about getting to the weekend. Right. right. Absolutely. And and there's a number of goals that have to be set in the automotive business, right? You, you've got long-term goals. You've got management goals, right? We're trying to achieve this many build hours a day. We're trying to get to this many sales dollars, right? There's a lot of stuff that you have to manage, and, and part of that's KPIs. Part of that is the vision or the destination of the business, right? There's a lot that you've got to do. And, and I really advocate for having somebody like a coach or, or some planning in place to help you achieve that. Because what I've found is every time I've asked somebody or every time I've gone to set a goal for myself, I tend to set on the light end of that goal, right? So I'll give you an example. When, when we first started coaching, my coach said, um, we're going to set your daily goal at $3,800 a day 
And I said, there is no way with two technicians we're going to do $3,800 a day. So just this week I talked to him and said, you know, I'm thinking that we probably need to go up on our goal. I think $5,700 a day is too light because we're we're consistently hitting that $5,700 every single day. Or if we average it across the week, we're just blowing that out of the water. Right? If I had been okay with that, you know, $2,200 a day goal and said, well, that's about the best I can do. Goals are meant to push you, right? They've got to be out here a little bit. We can't set them way down here where the bar's at because if we if we set them low and we hit the bar, we feel like we've accomplished something. But if we don't set them high enough to continue to grow, did we really did we really accomplish anything at all? No. The minimum level of acceptable performance is not the goal. Man, you sound exactly like a business owner with the right uh Right mindset for doing things. <laughs> I learned it from David Roman. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm so, the one saying to what end. That's that's all I'm saying is to what end. It's nice to yeah. have a goal because here here's I, I want to make sure that we don't end up steering this conversation down that path that you have to have a goal because there's a thousand a piece of material out there saying there's a thousand videos there's a thousand podcasts there's a thousand training uh, classes that you can go to that t- teach you the importance of goals. You got to have a goal. We got to be able to set a goal to, in order to strive towards it. I think it's more important to understand the, that John G. Miller principle, the question behind the question, what's the purpose of setting the goal? And not just that, but what's the purpose of setting that particular goal? What do you want to achieve by, by setting that goal? What's the end game? Uh, it was Jordan Peterson who said that we have a moral imperative to do meaningful work. We have a moral obligation to seek work that's meaningful. And if we're not doing meaningful meaningful work, we need to stop what we're doing, go find that work. And so you got to think about what what it is that we do on a daily basis. What is it that makes it meaningful? Is it meaningful work? And if not, we just have a job, we could probably find something else that's maybe slightly less stressful. <laughs> um, to do than than to to be an automotive shop owner, uh, at least take on less risk. But why yeah. why do what we do on a daily basis? Is it meaningful work? And if it's not, it could be because we're not setting the right goals. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, that sounds absolutely right. Um, you know, if you don't have a direction or goals, then you can't operate a business the way that you're morally obligated to do so. Um, and just like I said, you. You know, it sounds bad, but in order to set, take good care of your customers, you have to charge them more money because taking good care of them isn't just charging a, a cheaper price. Um, if you're going to own and operate a repair shop, regardless of what your goals are, you're obligated to those around you to have an entrepreneurial spirit and a business owner mindset and not the mindset of, you know, a technician anymore. An employee that owns his own job. An employee that owns his job. Because if that's the mindset that you have and, and continue to keep with you, it affects it affects everyone around you. It affects the businesses around you. It affects the, your industry. It definitely makes it hard to make your own life better. So, and so that's a key question. What does a better life look like? Yeah, I think for everybody, that's different. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think nobody asks themselves that question. What does better look like? What does the ideal look like? Because, it, it, you know, everybody, here, here's the thing. Like, the, here's the, the, 
the immediate fallback for most shop owners is I want to make X amount of dollars, whatever that number happens to be. I want to take home yeah. a quarter million dollars. I want the shop to make a million, whatever that number happens to be. It's like, okay, well, let's let's push back further. What do you want to do with that money? What's the purpose of having that money? Well, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to buy this, buy that. Okay, you bought your stuff. You bought your toys. What now? Well, I'd like to have more freedom. Freedom to do what? Freedom to do what? Let's say you've got an extra six to eight hours to do whatever the hell you want to do. What are you going to do with that time? Oh, I don't know. Spend spend it with my kids, I guess, or, you know, go like yeah. the guy said, I want to go fishing. There, there has to be an end purpose. Like, what does a better life look like? What do you, we're designed, we're built to work. That's what we're designed to do as humans, right? So it can't just be all leisure, right? So what, what does it end up looking like to have a better life? What does meaningful work look like? What does getting up every morning and not feeling like you're going to work look like? Let's define that. Be very clear about what that looks like. And then let's set goals to strive towards that. Yeah, exactly. And be the numbers, be whatever they happen to be. But, but listen, here's the thing. Here, here's the problem with this is that takes a really deep dive. For any Which is the owner. point of this podcast. I absolutely agree. <laughs> because if we were just going to get on here and say, oh, we need to set goals, it's like, okay. I, listen, I'm not disagreeing with you, but here's my point. Is that it takes a very, very deep dive into a personal level for that person, right? And And sometimes it can be really difficult to define that and get it laid out. Now, there's yep. lots of folks who, who have, you know, we talk about smarter goals, right? You know what a smarter goal is? I'll pull it up. But, you know, yeah. there, there's specific, a, measurable, achievable, right. relevant, time-bound, time-based, yeah. evaluated, yeah. And something, something has to be there because, and that's that's a problem that I had in the past, is once once we get up to that wall where that goal is that we can't see over, since we don't know what's on the other side of it, we will subconsciously keep ourselves from getting to the top and looking exactly. over. Exactly. And and I guess my point in saying what I said was this, is that sometimes you need somebody to help you determine what that goal is. You need somebody to help you sit down and break some of your thoughts in this process down. You know, when I was first asked, what's my goal? What's my destination? Man, that was a hard thing for me because I didn't know what was possible. Right. And when you don't know what's what, what your potential is, that's really difficult. Right. And, and you know, you, you, I think one of the things that we see in ASOG all the time is there's always that one question. What should one technician be able to build? Right. And it, it's dependent on shop. It, it's what are your potentials with your metrics? What's your labor rate? How many hours a day do you work? Right. There's there's these variables. But I think you start with potential. Right In our shops, if we're looking at financial numbers, we look at what our potential is and say, are we reaching our current potential? And because the base goal usually always comes back to money, right? So I think if we know if we're being 100% efficient with what we have right now or 80% or whatever the, the destination for that is, that gives us somewhere to start. Now, it does not give us our end destination, but at least gives us somewhere to start because you have to start somewhere 
and and deciphering what the goals and what the destination and the big plan looks like is not always as easy as just sitting down and saying, hey, I want a big shop and I want a house and I want five days off a week and I want this and I want that's not always yeah. realistic. You can't always I, I, see what you want right there. I, I, I understand that, but I disagree with you. I think the interest. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think the introspection is required. I think you have to if you're going to sit down and start discussing goals. If you sit down and you're going to say, "I'm going to start laying out some goals," if you don't, if you don't take those few minutes or however long it takes to look inside and see what, what why am I even doing this? What's the point? Like, and for me in particular. A lot of it was the the reason why I decided to open my own shop is because I wanted to just be a business owner. My family, the way they were, that wasn't going to be a thing. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the first person in my immediate family to own my own home. Um, right now in my immediate family, I'm the only person that owns a home. Uh, I own two. So that was one goal for me. Now I own my own business. So I was able to achieve that goal, but it took a little bit of introspection on my end to see this is where I'm from and I need to, I need to do these things for whatever reason, but that identifying that reason was the important part of setting the goal is for me to be able to achieve these things, for me to see that I'm doing something valuable with my life, that I'm, I'm doing something that's important, that's meaningful. I need to set these particular goals and I need to strive for them. I don't think if you don't sit down and do that, if you don't sit down and, and identify what's lacking in your life and what you need to, to accomplish in order for that, for it to be meaningful, I think the, the goals can be, be vapid. And are you really going to push yourself as hard as you need to in order to achieve those goals? If there if there's no meaning, if there's no substance behind them, you, you see what I'm saying? Like they're just a number, but what does that number achieve you? It, it's great that you went from 2,200 to all of a sudden you're doing 57, and I need to push to 7,500 or 8,000. That's great, but what does that accomplish? What does that get you? And the fact that you're able to, it, it, you need to ask yourself that question to make that number meaningful. That's Absolutely. my point. And 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 you hit the nail on the head. You, you you accomplished your point beautifully, but my point is this, is that setting goals or doing that self-reflection is not always easy, right? No, no, I don't, I don't think it's easy at all, right. but hey, as, Robert, as, let, go ahead, go ahead. As Sorry. business owners, right, we've got this busy life in front of us. We've got all these things going on. I found that it took somebody coming to me and saying, you have to do this. Right. This is the next step. This is what we're doing next because I was so busy. I had so much going on that I never would take the time to sit down and do it. I a hundred percent agree that you need outside perspective. I a hundred percent agree with it because definitely. if you're incapable of doing it yourself, if you're incapable of being introspective to that point, then yeah, hire somebody to help you get there. But I want to ask Robert this because I've known you to one, you mentioned that you had set like five year goals for yourself. You had said that it's not even about money. Your shop does a healthy gross revenue numbers, right? You own two shops with Chris Lumpkin. Um, so a lot of the things that you see a lot of shop owners on in ASOG saying they want to achieve, Robert's achieved them. 
But he even said himself, it's not about the money. It's about a certain lifestyle that I'm trying to achieve. I can give myself a pay cut. I want to do this with my life every day. But I've also known you to to do like that Jordan Peterson self-evaluation. Yeah. How do you approach goal setting? What did you do uh, to, to set those goals? Have you done that introspective aspect of it to figure out what it is that you want out of life? And how your uh, your business can achieve that for you? Yeah, that's that's how I got to where I am now because I've reflected and re-reflected and and re-re-re-reflected dozens of times, and uh, you know my goals have changed, my situations changed over the years, and you know just what what the day brings for me every day doesn't look like what I want my life to look like, so. That's how I've got to where I am now, uh, which I've had this good mentality for about two years. Um, and once I got what I wanted correct and what I wanted my life to look like correct, um, things have improved a lot in the last two years uh, as far as our profitability goes. And then me uh, handling our people the way that, I'm, that I need to handle them. Um, you know, and I still got my problems, too. Uh, there's things and, and people I need to put in places that, uh, you know, I've been dragging my feet on. And then also uh, a lot of other things are getting done at the same time, too. So how what did it start with? I don't like the situation I'm in right now. I'm not happy with my life the way it is right now. But I know what better looks like. And yeah, then and, that sent you down the path? Or was, did yeah, you just say, like, you know, like... We've been doing the same thing, spinning our wheels for five years. We're in the same place we were five years ago. If I keep going on the path I'm going, I'm going to be killing myself five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I mean, I saw my future very vividly and, you know, during reflection and realized I had to change it. So, but did you define the better first? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it took a few days. Did you stop and say, I'm going to define what better is first, or w- were you just at the the depths of despair and, and you said, I have to change something? Because I, I believe what Lucas is, was advocating for earlier was, let's set something in front of us first, anything, a goal. Let's set something down that we can start working towards, because it the goal is going to change as you start moving towards it. Things are going to start shifting. And a lot of people t- say to do this, just set something in front of you you can start working towards because it's the, in the striving of the goal that makes life meaningful. Where yeah, so I'm it, saying, it, it, well, I think you need to have the end goal destination. I think some introspection, but I think maybe the, uh, in, in a sense, Lucas is right. I think if you don't have anything in front of you, then you need to put something. You need to put that first step forward yeah. and start moving yeah. forward. So I had nothing in front of me, and I saw what was in front of me and then said, this is not what I want. And then it took some time for me to figure out what I wanted. I know it's not this. So now I've I've had this trigger. I don't want to do this the rest of my life the way I'm doing it now. It needs to be better. And then the question was, what is better for me? And so then I spent some time figuring out what was better, thinking about it, you know, over a couple of weeks, actually. And then I found, 
you know, through a lot of hard thought and meditation, I've decided what was better and I'm going with that. And, and you know, what's better might change, right? It's okay for your goals to change. It's okay for your vision to change. I don't think that, that we give enough thought to the process of, of allowing those things to grow and change with us, right? Because we're going to change in the process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what's important to know. We're going to be completely different people as we start walking down that path. And what we thought was better may not be better any longer. And we Yeah, and that's what completely- I was saying before about, you know, shop owners start at one stage and they may, they change five or six times, you know, over the course of a few years. Right, right. Because well- as your mindset grows and and you start to learn – what it means to be a business owner and the things you have to do and are responsible for and getting that mindset of uh, success. Correct. Every time you make an adjustment, you're going to gain ground. And every time you gain ground, you're going to think differently than you did before. So you're going to change again. Well, you know, look, one of the things that we do here in the shop is um, we sit down with the guys and we say, all right, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan, right? So I've got a guy here, and he's he's all about buying a house. So we sit down and we talk about that process. Okay, where's your credit at now? What can you afford? We begin to bring in some people like mortgage experts and real estate agents, and we're talking to them about where are we going? What, are, what does it take for him to accomplish this, right? And then you dangle the carrot. You put the carrot out in front of him, and you say, all right, Here's how we accomplish this. Here's what has to happen for you to get in a house, right? Because he's not necessarily by himself 100% driven just to achieve that goal. And and some owners are. You look at Seth Thorson, you put a goal in front of Seth, and Seth is going to knock it out of the park every single time, right? Because that's what Seth does. Yet there are other folks who aren't like that. They need a little bit of a nudge. They need a little bit of a push. So and how many times has, has Seth's mindset changed from the day he started the shop till now? That guy's mindset you know, what different consulting times a day. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. His mindset and, changes more than he brushes his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and I know that, you know, I don't know him personally, you know, just chatting with him on Messenger sometimes about some things. But, you know, I know he's in these high-powered CEO groups now. He's no longer messing around with, you know, beginner shop open groups, but he still is getting coaching. He's still getting help because every stage he goes through, there's more, there's more coaching involved. Exactly. There's never a plateau. There's never the top of the mountain when we've reached it and we stop setting goals. You keep setting goals. You know, I watched a, a thing where Ralphie's Ralphie May, the comedian who passed away a few years back, his wife was talking about that. And she said, you know, Ralphie may really struggled because he thought that one day he would reach the top of the mountain and there was going to be something there. And he just, you know, he had every bit of success you could ever imagine. And he got to the top of the mountain and it was really tough for him because there was no more goals to set. He just felt like I've done all this and there, this is the same life I've always lived. Right. And he had other challenges. He had problems with other things and it became a real struggle for him. So we have to recognize that life is a continual goal-setting process, right? I think that sometimes we need help setting those goals, and I think it's very, very important. If if you can't do anything else right now, 
If you can't envision the destination or the long-term goal, there's nothing you can come up with right now. If nothing else, find out what your minimum level of acceptable performance is in your facility. Find out what your daily throughput potential could be and set that goal. Because if nothing else, that is a starting place that gets you started with a goal right here, right now. And it gives you the ability to start pushing yourself forward from there. Those are still financial goals. The, the goal would be, absolutely. I, I want to not worry about meeting payroll. Okay, how, how do we do that? Then then you start setting those financial goals and you say, well, you don't want to... You don't want to have to stay up at night thinking about how am I going to meet payroll this week, right? Because we're short right. on revenue. Right. So that that peace of mind will come from let's figure out these metrics and let's work on that first. Right. My my point is that financial goals are easier to set in some ways, right? Because we we know what those metrics are supposed to be. So as opposed to looking at this goal and saying. I really can't envision this house. I really can't envision having five days off a week. If nothing else, start somewhere. Just because you can't see that goal, you can't see that destination that you want to achieve, you must take action. You must start, right? Because once you get started, it's not so hard. But if you don't start, you never will. Right? Yeah, I agree. I absolutely yeah, and you can agree. And you can see that that goal of, of you know working two days a month. Right. Well, then you can decide, well, who, what staff do I have in place? What does my profit percentage needs to be? What does my car count need to be? You know, maybe not. And I'm, I'm not talking about gross income, you know, profit percentage, car count, all that good stuff. You need to decide what those are going to be. And then, you know, you can you can build a financial goal around your, your end goal. Right. Well, again, but you still have to ask the question. You're going to work two, two days a month. What are you going to do the rest of the time? That, that should end up oh, being yeah, yeah, your goal yeah. then. Like, I mean, that's going to be your goal as well. I want to go, I want to travel the country in an RV. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, exactly. let's get to you that gotta point. Have that, you got to have that figured out. What am I going to do with the other? But I think, I think you're right, Lucas. I think it's for, for some of us, I think it does get to the point where you get to the depths of despair. Like Robert was saying, he saw that every single day was the same. He wasn't, he was treading water. He wasn't moving forward. Life was not the way he wanted it, and it took that that sense of desperation to stop and go, I need to change something before it gets any worse, before my, my mental health lapses and I do something I shouldn't. Before I get to that point, I need to make some changes. I think a lot of shop owners get to that point. That's when they reach out for a coach. That's when they start you know, asking for help. Exactly. And you don't have to get to that point necessarily. And I think, and, and you tell me, Lucas, did you get to that point where okay. you were, you even yeah, contemplated, so, I'm okay with this car squashing me right now. And my, Don't I have, I mean, well, it, I, I get it, but like, it, I mean, it's, it, it's like I walk underneath the car and go, I'm okay with this car squashing me. My family will be very well off. I'm very well insured versus. I wish this car would squash me. Yeah. Just, I uh, to go ahead and flip those locks off and cut that cable and we'll see what happens. Fate will, will take its course. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to get squashed. I just wanted to get T boned in an intersection and just get a couple weeks off in the hospital. <laughs> there you go. Just, just some time off. <laughs> you know? So, 
so here's here's where this all started for me. I was working in the shop. Um, I was a technician by all accounts, and I was trying to run the front of the house and the back of the house. My wife was working in the shop, um, and it was super stressful. Right, we didn't have any systems. We didn't have any knowledge of how this was supposed to be done. We had I had read books and and you know Mitch Schneider's in this initial series of books uh, that he did on shop management. I had read those and I realized that hey, we need to do some stuff with this. But it had just gotten so stressful. I couldn't find good help. I couldn't get the things in place that I needed. I was working all the time. We weren't making a lot of money, um, and so we had our daughter. And when we had her, I said, we have to change something. I think I'm going to sell the shop. I think I'm going to get rid of everything I've got, sell it, whatever we got to do, close it down. I'm going to go get a job, and I'm going to become a technician for somebody else. I can make more money doing that. And I said, I'm going to go to ASTE. It's a local training event here in the state. And um, I'm going to go down here to this training event, and I'm going to learn to be an even better technician so I can be paid fairly. And when I went to that event, I happened to choose two management classes. One of the management classes was by Malin Newton on a customer service class. And one of them was by Rick White. And it was kind of on processes and how to sell work and, and the basics of service writing. And I sat through Malin's class and, you know, I always thought we did customer service really well. And I said, man got some work to do malin told a story about taking his son to disneyland and he took his son to disneyland and and he said you know he had too many churros and he throws up on my shoulder and he said i'm taking him in the the bathroom to clean him up and clean my jacket off and he said this man from disney comes up one of the janitors and he says uh ma'am if you'll if you'll take your child we'll get him cleaned up and this other janitor came over and he took my jacket and he washed my jacket off. He said, come on in and we'll get you cleaned up. And he said, he gave me a Disney jacket and he put a Disney jacket on me and he took my jacket and he wiped it up and he put it in a plastic bag. He said, when I walked back out of the bathroom, just a matter of minutes later where my son had thrown up was cleaned up. They'd already taken my son over to the first aid area and had him checked out by an actual doctor or whatever and, and made sure he was okay. And, 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 you know, they were really focused on me and I thought, Wow. Focus on me. Man, that stood out to me. I said, gosh, I need to be focusing on my customers. My customer service process is all about me, not my customers. I'm thinking about how I feel in this and how it feels to be the shop owner, and I'm not thinking about them. And a few minutes later, I went and sat in Rick White's class, and and I realized that we didn't have any of the processes or the procedures or, or the way that the business needed to work. I realized that I was making the mistakes and, and I'd always blamed the customers and blamed the cars for these problems I was facing. And I said, I need this. And we came back and I, that weekend I joined ASOG and met David Roman. And David, you helped me set some goals initially. You were kind of like my first mentor and you, you finally came to me and said, Hey, listen, I've done what I can to help you, but you really need to hire a coach. There's some things I can't help you with. So why do I say, you know, I had set the goal that I want to improve customer service and I had set the goal that I need to fix some things in my shop, but why am I so adamant that, yeah, it's great to have goals. It's great to have a vision. It's great to have a destination. Why do I need an advocate, right? 
We always hear Dutch talk about that we're the advocates to the customer in their car. Well, I need an advocate for my repair shop. Is that? Well, it's because I needed some perspective. You've heard me say in the podcast over and over again, I came into this and I'm trying to fix my ARO. I'm trying to fix my gross profit. I'm trying to fix, 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 fix. I needed somebody with some outside perspective to say, stop. We're going to start with the low-hanging fruit. We're going to find the problems, and we're going to find the destination that you want to achieve, but we've got to do one thing at a time. And I really needed that. So that was kind of my starting point in this beginning phase of, of fixing my business. But if I hadn't found you, David, who came to me and said, hey, listen, this number is not right. You need to fix this. That was my first goal. Right. So it's great to get out and set this big destination. It's great to set this big vision. But sometimes it takes a little bit of work to get that vision in front of you. Yes, I have been to the point that I was ready for that car to fall on top of me. And I'll tell you what, when that car did fall on top of me. And I had a little girl sitting at home and I thought about the fact that that, you know, it was possible someone else would have to raise her. It was possible that I didn't know who was going to raise her if something happened to me. That was a big wake up call. I had a 3,500 Chevrolet fall off of a two-post lift and land directly on top of me. That's a big wake-up call when you think about it. And if we don't set some things in place and get moving, we can spend our entire lives doing the same thing we're doing right now with the exact same results that we're getting right now. You know, when we're talking to folks about coaching and we're talking to folks about improving their business, I always like to ask them, you know, if what you were doing was going to work, wouldn't it have already worked? Because you've been doing this for years. Let's try something different. I think you're right, Lucas. I think you do need to have a professional help you, especially if you have no direction, you have no way to go, you don't know where to start, then yeah, hire a professional, hire a coach, hire a consultant, reach out to a mentor, find out what it is that you need to do to start moving forward because it may not need you may not need to get to the depths of despair. It may just be that you find out there is something better out there, and that piques your your curiosity. Then you start seeking that, and that'll lead you down the right path. But you need to ha- to make sure that you're making that first step, whatever that happens to be. And if you don't know what that is, then yeah, absolutely, go get a coach, go get a consultant, go get a mentor, find out what you need to do next. And, and it doesn't have to be somebody you pay. No. It can be somebody who can see the outside perspective. Yes. That perspective is so huge. Being able to see where you stand and see from the outside in is going to be really huge for how your business begins to grow and improve and how you set these goals. Find a mentor. Find an advisor. Ask a friend, right? But get started. Don't just sit around and wait. You've got to get yeah. started because you so gotta many get that. people put this off. Yeah, exactly. You put it off, you put it off, you put it off, and it never happens. You must start. You've got to start. You got to get that mindset right. Absolutely, and it's you gotta, you'll never finish. Some of the best help I got was from a guy here in town. He owns a chain of restaurants, and he does business consulting just because he's got time on his hands. He charges a hundred bucks. Go see him twice a month. That's way cheaper than a, a management company that shall remain nameless that we used to be a part of and paid many, many, many thousands of dollars to. But just one hour conversation, 
twice a month with somebody who knows business and has his head wrapped around it. It can provide you with that outside perspective. Yeah. And he told me his whole story about his mindset and how it changed and something his dad said to him one day, you know, it made him fly off the handle. And then uh, a couple of days later, he was like, wait a minute. I shouldn't have been upset by that. That shouldn't have bothered me. I need to get my head right. Changed his life from there. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast with Robert Morton. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to reach out. You can always email me at david at asog.site. That's david at asog dot site. We'll catch you next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.